0: Pathir Panchali is a novel written in Bengali by Bibhuti Bhushan Bandopadhyay, a Bengali writer of the pre independence period. In Bengali, Pathir means of the path and Panchali means folk song. Therefore, Pathir Panchali means the song of the road. The story of the novel revolves around a poor Brahmin family in Bengal. The father Harihar is a priest, an optimist and a dreamer who never compromised with his dreams in spite of living in abject poverty. The mother Sarbojaya is a woman of the world who has the responsibility of raising her small daughter Durga and also taking care of her elder sister-in-law, Indira Thakur. Opu, their son, grows amidst the love and pampering of mother and sister. Durga has developed a very cordial relationship with her aunt, who shares each and everything with her. However, the mother gets fully tired of her husband's complacency. Durga is seen facing false charges of theft. The aunt is always in loggerheads with the mother. The aunt had the last wish to die in the courtyard of her house, but she dies at the orchard. At the end, even Durga falls sick and dies. The father comes home and is saddened by Durga's death. Finally, he determines to face the life realistically, and so decides to take his family to Banaras for search of a new life. Horehar Roy's household consisted of four people, his wife Sabojaya, baby daughter Durga, 75-year-old Inder, a distant cousin, and himself. Tucked away in a corner of Nishchentpur, A tiny village in rural Bengal, his life was simple and uncomplicated except for the usual ups and downs that go with a lack of money. The traditional business of his family was to conduct religious rituals of different kinds. So there were regular clients at whose homes he performed them. This included people in his own village as well as a few others in nearby villages. It was not a profession where one made money. People usually gave him a few seasonal fruits, vegetables, sweets and a handful of grains and occasionally a rupee or two for conducting these rituals. But Hariha had a little piece of land and a roof of sorts over his head. Sarbojaya strongly resented Indira's presence in her little household and made it more than obvious. But little Durga was extremely fond of old Aunt Inder and spent most of her time listening to her stories, learning rhymes from her and playing with her. Whenever Sarbhajaya was extra rude, the old lady walked out, vowing never to return again. Durga toddled after her, lisping, Come home, Auntie. Come home and managed to bring her back. Before long, Durga had a little brother. Everyone was delighted. Most of all, did little Durga and old Aunt Indira. The baby boy was named as Opu. He was a little charmer. Everyone adored him. Before long, Sabujaya picked up another quarrel with old Indira and drove her out. The old lady did not return this time, and died soon after. As Durga and Opu grew older, they spent most of their time roaming about the countryside, climbing trees, looking for wild fruits and flowers, watching birds and rabbits splashing in ponds and rivers. Durga knew every tree, every flowering shrub, every dell and nook. She knew where fruits grew wild and got them for her little brother and herself. Their rich relatives looked down on them and the rich cousins never asked them to join in their games. So Opu and Durka lived in their own world. Forbidden to enter the orchards of their rich cousins, they hunted for mangoes and fruits in the wilderness. One afternoon, they were caught in a fierce storm and sought shelter under dripping trees with Durga hugging her little brother to keep him warm. Though Sabojaya was horrified to find them drenched to the skin, they were thrilled with their adventure and the few mangoes they had managed to gather. Opu was a bright young boy. He loved to hear his mother read out stories from the battered family Mahabharata. He saw it all in his imagination. The fight between the Pandavas and the Kauravas and just how they used each weapon. But his favorite character was Karna, the wronged, unacknowledged son of Kunti. His large eyes filled with tears every time his mother read about his chariot being stuck in the mud and his disability to protect himself in the battle, especially his final encounter with his arch rival Archuna, because he had gifted away his protective shield and medallion the previous evening. Oppo begged one of the carpenters working nearby to make him a bow and arrow. When one of them did, Playing with these new toys became one of Opu's chief pleasures in life. His imagination soared with his arrows and he pictured himself as the different heroes of the Mahabharata. Soon it was time for Oppo to join the village school run by the local grocer. The children sat on the floor listening to their teacher who gave them dictation carried on his trade and entertained his visitors at one and the same time. The children played knots and crosses and other exciting games whenever the teacher was otherwise occupied. Oppo enjoyed school and learned to read and write pretty fast despite these obvious limitations. He especially loved to hear the beautiful descriptions of places that the teacher sometimes read out to them. Opu wondered wistfully if he would ever get to see them one day. When Hariha next decided to visit one of his clients in a far-off village, he took Opu along with him. For Opu, who had never stepped out of his familiar realm before, it was one big thrill. Especially so because they would have to cross the railway lines. Opu had never seen a train and often wondered what it would look like, more so after he saw the railway tracks. How could a vehicle possibly slide over two narrow strips of iron and not slip off them? But Opu did not get to see a train after all because the next one was due after two hours and his father absolutely refused to wait. It was a long, long walk to their destination. Twilight set in long before they reached. Horiha's clients were well-to-do farmers who lived in a grand brick house whereas Opo lived in a mud hut. Opu stared all around him in wonder. He had never seen so many pretty things before in his life, nor had he ever had such a lavish meal. He longed for his mother and sister and wished they could share it too. He missed them and there was a big lump in his throat when he realized that probably they would never get to taste anything like this. The ladies of the house took a great fancy to Opu and let him play with what seemed an incredible collection of wonderful toys. There were lots of playmates too, all eager to play with him. But the one Opu liked best of all was Amala, who seemed just like his sister Durga, only much prettier and far better dressed. When the visit came to an end, Opu carried many fond memories and spent the next fortnight telling his mother and sister in vivid details all that he had seen and done. His only disappointment was that he had not been able to see a train even on his way back home. He would not have minded waiting an hour or two to be able to catch a glimpse of the wonderful gliding vehicle, but his father would not hear of it. Oppo's dream world consisted of many strange objects. One of them was a long, narrow bamboo twig. This twig was the key to his magic realm of romance. When he held it in his hand, it carried him to the strange world of make-believe, where he was a prince, traveler, shopkeeper, leader of battles or Prince Arjuna himself. He could imagine it all when he waved the twig about. Durga alone knew of this secret world and quietly laughed at her little brother's strange fancy. Another great excitement in his life was the arrival of the travelling theatre party that visited their village once a year. Opu made friends with Ajay who played the lead as a lady and was around his own age. Opu was quite enthralled by the songs Ajay sang in his various roles. He brought Ajay home to meet his mother and sister who managed to rustle up dinner for him with great effort. Days rolled by, Hariha finding it difficult to make both ends meet left the village in quest of a job that would make life easier all around. But jobs were not easy to come by though he tried his level best. In the meantime life almost came to a standstill at his home in the village for lack of money. Hariha had sent him five rupees but there was no news of him after that. There was hardly anything to eat at home except for what Opu and Durga managed to pick up from the woods. But it was not much and certainly not adequate for the three of them they had many rich relatives living virtually next door but Sabujaya was far too proud to beg for charity after a few days Durga fell ill there was no money for medicine or even proper food no one had any idea where Hariha was so there was no question of sending for him the rains arrived and their hut leaked from every corner Durga lay still quiet and uncomplaining despite her fever and pain, while her mother tried in vain to look for a dry spot where she might shift her bed. But even in her illness, there was just one thing Durga asked for. I want to see the train. Oh, how I wish I could see the train, she muttered. Oppo dear, will you take me to see one? Will you show me the train, Oppo? Yes, I will, promised Opu. I will take you to say it when you are better. By the time Harihar returned to his village, Autumn had set in. He had managed to earn a little money during his avid quest for work and had bought a set of new clothes and some books for the children. But Durga was no more. She had breathed her last one rainy night, leaving her mother and little brother on their own. When Harihar heard all that they had gone through, he was too cut up to live in the village anymore. He had quite believed that his rich relatives would help out his wife and children in his absence, especially when it came to an emergency. Harihar sold off whatever he had the mud hut and the piece of land it stood on and prepared to leave Nishtyantpur with his family for good. He would go to Banaras, find a job there and start afresh. But the thought of going to a new place did not excite Opu this time. Would the new place have such lovely bamboo groves, such mango trees growing close together, where he had spent so many happy afternoons? playing with his sister. Would it have such coconut trees with its tall trunks and leaves gleaming in the quiet moonlight and all these ponds that were a part of his daily existence? Every nook and cranny of the village was filled with memories of himself and Durga. The sound of their voice and laughter still echoed in the breeze. How could he live it all? It was like leaving Durga behind. As they left the village with their few meager belongings, Opu looked back tearfully for the last time. All those dear spots he once haunted with his sister seemed to call him back, begging him not to leave them, nor to go away. In a short time, he would have his much longed for view of the train and even have a train journey. But a sister, who had so longed for it night and day, was no longer there to share the treat. As the train chugged away, it seemed to Oppo that Durga stood by their favourite mango tree, looking at him wistfully, bidding him a last farewell.